did. He who knew no sin became sin. He didn't sin. He became sin. For what? So he could find out what it was like to slum it? No. He became sin. He was blameless and spotless. He became sin for what? For you. He did it for you. Amen. He did it for you. Glory to God. Why? Why did he do it for you? So that you could, so that you could cry and slobber and snot at an altar and, and be like, oh, thank you, merciful God. That, that's not why he did it. So he, he, he became sin for you so that you, through that, might be made the righteousness. He did it so you could be in right standing to reconcile you unto God. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. That's something you need to rejoice about every day. Because that's, that's one of the things that the devil will try to persuade you every day doesn't belong to you. And that's right standing with God. You, you'll wake up in the morning the devil will start telling you, man, you ain't right with God. Boy, you, you shouldn't expect anything good today. You, you, you jacked it up yesterday. Man, the way you acted, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Why are you dreaming? Why would you dream that last night? You nasty thing. <laughs> Listen, I've had to counsel. I've had to counsel married couples where the where, where a man have a bad dream and the wife be uh, be upset over a dream that he had. Be like, he cheated on me. I was like, dear God, bro, what'd you do? He said, I had a dream. It was a dream. <laughs> Pastor Ben, Pastor Ben, I was at I was at Pastor Ben's house one time, and he said. Yeah, one time he said, I was asleep. He said, and he said, I was standing up in front of a, in front of a, a, a men's uh, breakfast, a men's Bible study group. He said, in the dream, I got up and I said, I said, praise the Lord, fellas. And he said, all of a sudden, I felt this pain like someone had hit me. And he said, I was startled out of the dream. And he said, Tammy was standing over me with her hand up. And she says, who's Phyllis? And he said, I said, fellas. I said, fellas, not fellas. I said, praise the Lord, fellas. She, she, she thought he said. <laughs> uh, anyhow. But the devil, he'll try to mess with you. You know, the devil will try to get to, to convince you you're not in right standing with God. Because if he can convince you of that, then, then you'll be more sin conscious than you are God conscious. The less conscious you are of God's goodness and his grace and his blessing in your life, the less likely you are to appropriate that in your, in, you know, out of the spirit and into this natural realm. And so you, you gotta fight, you've got to be willing to fight that battle for your righteousness. You are in right standing. Say, I'm, I'm in right standing with God. I'm right standing with God. Say this. Say, I don't always do right. I don't always do right. But, I but I have an advocate. I have a lawyer. I have someone to plead my case. His name is Jesus. He's the greatest advocate. And the word declares, if I sin, he acts as my advocate. All I have to do is ask for forgiveness. And it's settled. I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God. 
Now lift up your hands and thank God for that. Amen. Amen. So you are just. You are just. Not because of you, what you did in yourself. You're just because of what Jesus did. His righteousness equates to your righteousness. His faithfulness equates to your faith. Now, I know you're unfaithful. Some of you are like, Pastor, I just started coming back to church regularly. Yeah, I, we know. Uh, listen, left to ourselves, we'll be unfaithful. But you know what? Because of the faithfulness of Jesus, God has found you faithful. Amen. Amen. And because of that, because of that, we can, we can, we can come before God and believe. Glory to God. I promise we're going to get in here in a second. We can come before God and we can believe glory to God. Hallelujah. For his promises and his blessing, uh, uh, the, the blessing that comes as a result of those promises being fulfilled will work in our lives. But they're not automatic. It's, listen, it's not just because you're in right standing with God that those blessings come. So uh, say this when we say the blessings aren't automatic. So how do the blessings come? How do, how do you appropriate God's blessings in your life? How do those things get appropriated? Well, you have, you have to do it in, these things are intentional. They're not on accident. They're intentional. Salvation. Is it God's will for everyone to be saved? Yes. Bible says, Bible says this. The Bible says that um, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. Now, let me ask you this. Is everyone saved? No. No. Uh, will everyone be saved in the, at the end of time? No. no. The Bible's clear that not everyone will be born again. Not everyone will be saved. Now, if it's God's will for man to be saved, now listen, some of you, you're going to have to challenge your thinking because some of you have had that thinking, well, if it's God's will, it'll just happen. All right. If that's true, then everyone will be saved. But you know that's not true. You know not everyone will because the Bible teaches us uh, something that contradicts that. It's God's will for everyone to be saved, but not everyone will be saved. Why? Because God's given man free will. You, you, have, you have a role to play. You have, and I know you guys know this. I'm just setting you up for something maybe you didn't know. Um, you, ha you have a part to play. You have to involve yourself in seeing to it that the things of God that he has for you are manifested in your life because they're not automatic. Right. Now, sometimes we, sometimes we do those things in a way uh, that uh, where we, uh, before, before we're, we walk it out, we realize what it is that we're doing. At other times, we take it one step at a time and we don't realize where it is that he's leading us. But we are intentionally following him and working with him to see to it that we walk in the fullness of his blessing. So you've, you've got to work the word of God. You've got to, you've got to work the promises of God. You've got to believe uh, God for these things to manifest in your life. All right. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, maybe I've given you enough information there. We're about, we're about to find out. Se or 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 10. Here's, if I had a, if I had a, way, a, a, a title for this, I would title it this. Progressive deliverance, revelation, and supernatural blessings. Progressive deliverance, revelation, and supernatural blessing. This has been rolling around in my heart since Pastor Ben came talked to us a little bit about deliverance. <clears throat> Oof. 
Yeah, I'm going to start there. Because if I start the other, if I start at the other, it would take us, it take us crazy long. I won't get it done today. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, it says this. He delivered us from such a deadly peril. This is an English standard version. And he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So in this scripture, here's what this scripture implies. He has delivered us. He is delivering us. And he will continue to deliver us. Amen. He has delivered us. How many of you can relate to that? He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So what I want you to understand is that in the life of a believer, there is a progression of the inheritance of God's promises in one's life. You know what? When it comes to Revelation, I, I believe that Revelation... How many of you believe that... that uh, uh, how many of you believe that, um, that God will give us uh, revelation or open up the eyes of our understanding to see things in his word and to see things about himself that we've never seen before? Oh, yeah. Re here's what revelation is. Revelation is a manifested spiritual truth. Right. The word manifestation means this, to put on display. Revelation is when the spirit of God displays a spiritual truth that was once hidden to you. All of us have experienced, if you're sitting in this building, you've experienced revelation at least one time in your life. At one time, you were sitting in a service or sitting in front of a television screen or listening, listening to someone preach, and you got a revelation. You got this revelation. You're a sinner in need of a savior. You didn't know that before you got a revelation. In fact, you were bebopping along through life and thought everything was hunky-dory until someone preached a message and you were pierced with conviction. Conviction is revelation. Right. Conviction is a revelation that you weren't in right standing with God. That there was something between you and God that needed to be settled. And so you came to a place where you received a revelation. I'm not living right. My, my revelation was I was going to hell on a greased pole. I was a sinner in need of a savior. You know what? When you're going through life before that revelation, before that manifested spiritual truth... You know how you think, well, I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty good person. As long as I live good enough, I think I'll make it. I think I'll be a, yeah, I mean, don't you think I'll make it? I've had people ask me that question. I live a good life. I'm not a bad person. I'm certainly better than the, that guy over there. You know, that's, that's why I watch my 600-pound life sometimes. Because sometimes I look in the mirror and I think I look fat. Then I watch my 600-pound life and I'm like, well, I'm not as bad as that guy. And sometimes that's how we do things, you know, people do things in, you know, we, we, just, we just look, we, we watch the news, and the news will make you think you're an angel. Heck, all you got to do is watch C-SPAN think you're an angel. See some of them politicians in Washington. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, see, no amens there. If, I, if, we say, if we say it too loud, he'll get started on something political. But anyway. <laughs> 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 
But all of us, all of us have gotten revelation. But see, I believe revelation is progressive. When I got born again, I got a revelation of Jesus that I had never had before. But my revelation of Jesus was very, very uh, limited. Um, I don't know when. I don't know when I was talking about this. It was recently. But um, th- this is this is how narrow my perception of Jesus was. I- I'd been born again, maybe maybe a few weeks, maybe maybe a month, and I went to. Uh, I got born again in the Mennonite church. I, was, I went to another Mennonite church with my pastor's wife and a group of people. I, I, honestly, I think it was a ladies' meeting. I don't even think it was a re- regular meeting. I think it was a ladies' meeting because it was nothing but women there. I was the only guy. And, you know, I'm 16 years old, but I had a hunger for God. And so I think Mrs. T, my, my pastor's wife, dragged me to this meeting with her because I probably pestered her to death. But anyway, we get there, and the teacher was this woman that I really considered to be a spiritual mother to me. And uh, she started out the meeting. She said, before I teach anything, she said, I want, I want to do an exercise. I want to hand this, this out to you guys, and I want you to write down what it is that you see in this picture. And so she handed out all these little pictures of Jesus, you know, the little Americanized version of Jesus that we all see and, and know, you know, the blue-eyed, blonde-haired version. And, uh, and so, you know, she, she, handed, she handed it out, and I'm looking at the picture. I was like, this is, you know, mind you, I'm born again a month. I'm 16 years old. I get, I'm in high school. You understand? I'm in high school. I get this. I'm in the high school mentality. Who's in the picture? I'm like, this ain't even a trick question. I know who that is. That's Jesus. And so I wrote it down real quick on my paper, Jesus, and, and, and uh, closed my deal I felt, I felt like I was the best one in the class because I was done before everybody else. Because I, I flipped it over. I got done. I flipped it over. I was like, Jesus, I hid my answer. <laughs> I'm looking around. And them, them old little old Mennonite women, they continued to write for another 15 minutes. Every last one of them. And she gave us 15 minutes to do it. And I'm like, 15 minutes to write down Jesus? What's wrong with you people? But they went on and on and on, and they're writing and writing. After 15 minutes, <laughs> she says, okay. She said, um, she said to the first lady in the, in, the, in, the, in the circle, who did you see in that picture? And that lady says, I saw wonderful counselor, yeah. almighty God, yeah. everlasting father, prince of peace, rose of Sharon chief cornerstone i mean she she was going down this whole list of things and all of a sudden you know it sunk into me my perspective was very narrow my idea was very narrow my revelation of who jesus was was only about that big come on somebody and i i didn't really i didn't really know it do you know do you know that my perspective and my understanding of jesus would have remained that small had i not been there in that moment had i not been there to hear the revelation of others to hear others expound upon what come on now you know in the in the beginning most of us in the beginning of our walk with god moments like that are valuable to us. And when, and when we have those moments, we, we see them as, uh, as uh, precious moments. Moments that we wouldn't trade for the world. As we get long in the tooth and we become more mature, those moments become annoying. 
Sometimes because the revelation that we start to hear comes from someone that's younger than us, that doesn't have much, as much experiences as we, as we have. They don't live as clean of a life as what we live, according to us. Boy, I'm preaching. I'm preaching better than some of y'all shouting amen. Amen. Or, 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 or this fresh perspective or revelation of, of Jesus or of God or of his promises comes from someone that maybe did something wrong to us, someone that, you know, we have fellowship with on a regular basis and we didn't think they ought to act a certain way. We didn't think they ought to live a certain way. And so we concluded that because they didn't measure up, they shouldn't be able to get that kind of revelation. How many times have we seen people serving in leadership and when we find out that maybe the, everything in their life isn't up to, up to snuff and up to the place where we... Amen. Amen. I've, I've gotten phone calls from people that were part of our church, that have been a part of our church, people that are part of our church now, informing me of things that were going on uh, in the lives of leadership in our church. I thought you should know this, Pastor, being that they're a leader. First thing I tell those people is this, do you think I didn't know that? You know, there's some people that serve in leadership of this church that I know good and well their life isn't, isn't above the bar. In fact, nearly every one of them. <laughs> you don't really have to, in fact, you don't really have to hang out with them too long or look too deeply to find out that, that, that people are, they're pretty jacked up. Maybe not, maybe, now listen, we, 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 we don't have a lot of people jacked up in the area of, you know, uh, sexual perversion or something like that. You know, that's, that's not the areas where most of our folks are jacked. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's in those less egregious areas, those, those areas that we're not, we don't have as much problem with, like, you know, eating too much. Or, you know, you know, uh, it's gossip, but they, they mask it with, hey, y'all need to pray for so-and-so. I was talking to so-and-so. You know what they said? Don't tell them I said this, but. <laughs> That's usually what comes. Y'all hear Derek? Uh, don't say it. If you say anything, they'll deny it. <laughs> it amazes me how many of y'all are shocked to find out that someone that someone doesn't measure up to your standards doesn't live up to everything that you thought that they ought to be see that's why i started this thing out with righteousness that's that's why i started this thing out with righteousness because all of a sudden, our, our whole life goes into a tailspin. Come on now. Our, our growth in God is progressive. Revelation, it's progressive. Deliverance is progressive. Supernatural blessings and supernatural 
uh, things from the Lord. Th- those, they're all progressive. We go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. You know what? Just because God has delivered us doesn't mean we don't still yet need deliverance. And that he won't do some type of deliverance in us today. And that tomorrow we won't find ourselves being delivered some more. Are y'all hearing me? Just because we had a revelation yesterday doesn't mean today we won't get a, another facet of a greater revelation. And then tomorrow we might get even a greater revelation of that. Thank God. Listen, I went into that. When, 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 that lady, when that lady started on Wonderful Counselor, I was like, I failed the assignment. Listen, I thought I was head of the class. I finished first, you know. I was like, I knew I had it down. The minute she opened up her mouth and started, I was like, I got an F. I knew I, listen, I knew I failed. I knew I, I was, I was trying to write stuff down like without looking, <laughs> you know, just to kind of fill up my page a little bit. So, cause it was coming to me. It was coming to me. And there were, there were people, there were people that, that I mean, the fourth, fifth, seventh, what do you say? Seven people in, what do you say different than what everybody else said? Do you know those old Mennonite women had something different to say than the seventh person? I was like, dear, listen, you don't, you don't expound upon Jesus and who you see it as. Man, what, one lady says that he's lying to Judah. He's the balm of Gilead. I was like, what is a balm of Gilead? What is a balm of Gilead? Man, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I was like, what is this? What's going on? I was like, Anna, what's going on? If you've ever hung out with Anna, you know, that's like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, what in the world? Revelation 1.8. You, you can either write it down or you can turn there. Progressive deliverance, progressive revelation, and, and progressive supernatural blessings. Listen, where you've started is not where you're going to end up. Amen. Glory to you. Listen, Julie and Travis rolled up in here. And I'll be honest with you. Listen, listen to me, church. There have been many people. There have been many people came to Winner's Church. And they came with a certain idea and a certain understanding. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that we're unique in this. Because if anywhere, anywhere the face of God is sought, anywhere that people will determine that they're going to knock and keep on knocking, that they're going to ask and keep on asking, that they're going to seek and keep on seeking, then guess what? They're going to, the, the door is going to be open to them. Uh, they're going to find. Amen. They're going to receive. If you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, the door will be opened unto you. If you keep on knocking, then it's going to keep on opening. If you keep on asking, then you're going to keep on getting answered. If you keep on seeking, then guess what? You're going to keep on finding. Glory to God. You ever ever hung around them people that they seek and they keep on seeking? Mikey was that way. Here's the bad thing about people that are seekers. Like if you got a kid that just seeks and seeks and seeks, 
You know, Gabriel, he'd go out. We'd, we'd go, we, we took him, you know, to the beach. Gabe finds a shell, and he's like, hey, I found this shell. You know, Michael found a shell, but then she found a better shell. And then she found a nicer one. And then she found a nicer one. Then she found a pretty rock. Then she found this, and then she found that. Pretty soon, we got a whole suitcase full of junk. She's trying to haul back from the beach. That's the thing about seekers. When you find, amen, you'll keep on finding. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, Revelation 1.8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come. The Almighty. Amen. Do you, know, do you know what that verse of scripture is saying? He was. And we can get a revelation and an understanding and be blessed by and transformed by realizing and coming to an understanding of who he was. But guess what? He didn't die. He, it's not like talking about Abraham Lincoln or George Washington or one of the forefathers of this nation. It's not like talking, it's not like talking about great-great-grandma. Great, great grandpa, just talking about who he is. Because you know what? He's not dead. He continues to live. So we have to understand that when we talk about who he was, there's much to gain in our understanding of who he was. But guess what? He continues to be. And because he continues to be, that brings a progression. That, be, that, 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 that brings the ability of there being a progression of the thing. See, religion, religion will chain you to the place where you only study about and hang on to this idea of who God was. Jesus' Jesus's earthly ministry. You know, it doesn't matter to some people that Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do because I go unto my Father. Some people, they are so tied to, to the... To the uh, uh, to the uh, earthly ministry of Jesus that they didn't progress and move into the spiritual ministry of Jesus, into the ministry of the spirit that Jesus, uh, that Jesus said would come. Some people still stuck in Jesus's earthly ministry. And thank God, listen, I'm not, say, I'm not trying to minimize Jesus's earthly ministry, but Jesus said something. Jesus said, I've done a work, but you're going to do a greater work. That's right. I've done something, but there's something greater that's coming. What I've done, you're going to do. But I want you to progress. I want you to go farther. I want you to move beyond. Do you know what I believe God's doing with us right now? God's trying to move some of you beyond where you've been. He's trying to take you farther than what, listen, not only farther than you've gone, but farther than some of you have been capable of going up to this point in time. But I, listen, I just sense in my spirit, this prophetic word that I'm preaching to y'all today, there's something in my spirit that has broken out in, in recent weeks. In fact, it really broke out in me when I was in Adrian, Michigan. It's like the limits are being taken off. God is breaking down the limits and he's tearing down the walls. And some of you that have been held back, and listen, 
You have certainly been held back by things, and it hasn't been your imagination. It hasn't been something that you uh, was contrived, something that was imaginary. There was something that was holding you back. But guess what? Just like he delivered you, he's delivering you now, and he's going to continue to deliver you, and he's releasing you to do some things that you've never been able to do before. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, we as God's people need to learn how to recognize when these seasons come. I was going to say something about Julie and Travis. So Julie and Travis, they come, they come here. And again, it's not a winner's church thing. It's a, it's a thing that's happening in the spirit. I don't know what the doctors told them ahead of, ahead of, ahead of uh, them coming and, and asking for prayer. I do, I, I, we have gone through the process, though. We do know what doctors say. They don't give you a good report. In fact, it's their job to tell you the bad report. You, don't take it out on them. You went to the doctor. You wanted to find out what was wrong. They're going to tell you what's wrong. It's a starting point. This is what's wrong. I don't know. Did y'all go to the doctor at all, Travis? Did you guys go to the doctor? Did you get any advice from doctors at all? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. Again, I don't know all the process that they went through. But you go, you go, through, the, you go through the process. You go through the process. And there have been lots of people that came here to Winner's Church that they was in the process of walking with God. And when they came to be a part of this house, and again, I'm not just, I'm not saying we're super special. I'm just, this is the only example I know. When they came to this house, something began to dramatically shift in their life because what was happening in this house was an ingredient that was necessary to take them to the next level in their, in their walk with God, in, their, in, that, in that place of revelation. We've had many people walk through the doors of this church that needed, they wanted to have children, that they needed to get a word from God, direction from the Lord. I mean, the natural, I, I, was, telling, I was telling Travis and Julie about you, Shelby, how, what the doctors told you. You're not going to have no kids. You can't be having no kids. You crazy. Don't do that. It'll kill you. It'll kill that kid. Don't do it. You have a disease. It's incurable. A disease that no longer exists in your body. Tries to flare, probably tries to flare up and say, I'm here every now and again. But every time you cast it down, it has to go down. Amen. 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 Not, a, not a good report. But there was a progression. In the beginning, it's just desperation. It's like a black hole. It's an impossibility. Listen, some of you, maybe you don't know, you don't know the despair that comes with the impossibility of being able to conceive a child. But there's some of us, and I'm, I'm well acquainted with this, because from the age of 25 to 32, we did nothing but try. And the longer that happens where you're trying to have a child and you're unsuccessful, the, the gloomier it gets. And you say, well, you, know, you just got to trust the Lord. Yeah, we were trusting the Lord. And guess what? God was talking to us. We would go to services and people would prophesy over us. You're going to have children. We had a, there was a woman, she didn't know us from anybody. We were at a church in the middle of nowhere. We'd never been there before. 
We didn't know none of them people. We just showed up to go to church there. I mean, we just showed up randomly to go to church at this place. This pastor's wife pulled her ring off. She gave it to Annie. It had two pearls in it. She said, Lord, now we, we, are, we are about six years into trying to have kids. Six years. Prophecies are no longer making us excited. In fact, we don't want to hear another prophecy come out of any. In, fa- I, I, in fact, there was one time I walked into a service. I said, Annie, if we get one more prophecy about having kids, I'm going to throat punch whoever gives us the prophecy. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing a word. I want to see something happen. Amen. You know, t- I'll tell you about the ring. Well, she gave Annie a ring, had two pearls. She said, the Lord says these two pearls represent the children that he's going to give you. Uh, you're going to have two children, and this is the representation of those kids. Thus says the Lord. You know what? We didn't even, there wasn't a tear shed. Six years in, you ain't shedding tears. You're not hikamo shying. You're not shandalying. You're not shaking and quivering. Neither one of us fell on the floor under the power of God. They said, receive it, and we were like, we did. Not only did we receive it, we put in the work. I'm be like, boy, I put in the work. Amen. I mean, she was she become home in the middle of the day. I'm ovulating. The temperature, my temperature's just. I'm ovulating. It let's. I got 20 minutes. I'm like, what? You only want me for. (laughs) No flowers, no candy, no Netflix, no nothing. (laughs) She's like, we gotta hurry, we gotta hurry. I'm like, this ain't helping. This hurry up thing, this ain't helping. We get, I mean, put on some Teddy Pendergrass or something. You know what I'm saying? Some Luther Vandross. Put a, put a purple. Put a purple piece of cloth over the window or something. Oh, man, she, she in her work clothes, got her glasses on. She all, come on. <laughs> now, you, now you hear, here's the thing. We had experienced rev- revelation. We had experienced the promises of God. Now, I'm not, I'm not just talking about pregnancy. I'm talking about think about whatever it is that you're, think about whatever it is that you're believing God for. See, some of you believing, I'm, I'm looking at you, and some of you believing, some of you women believing that God is going to deliver you from your secular job and that you are going to become a stay-at-home mother, that you are going to raise your family, that you are going to uh, 
Uh, you're going to be super mom. That's what you're going to do. You are not going to continue to work. And the Lord is going to supply everything that you have need of according to his riches and glory. And there's going to be more than enough to take care of you and to take care of your family. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. Now, listen, once, once you first get a hold of that, there's, go, there's joy. There's hope. But there will come a time. Man, when they handed that ring to Annie, and ne- listen, neither one of us, we, we just looked at, we, we looked at each other. I, I know them people, I know them people must have thought, we, maybe we missed it. Because we just looked at each other. She looked at me, and I looked at her. We were like, now first time we, first time, first time we had a prophecy, it was, woo! We was both out. We, 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 we laid there and trembled on the floor for a while. We went home. We was like, babies, woo. <laughs> Purple went up over the curtain. <laughs> yeah, Barry White came on the radio. Heck, but by the time Ted, Ted come over with a couple of baby dolls, one dressed in blue, one dressed in pink. He said, Lord told me to buy these. I, I was wondering what he was doing with Ted come to the, <laughs> Ted come to the house with two dolls in his hand. I'm like, Ted, is there something you want to tell me? <laughs> he got two dolls in his hand. Yeah, Lord told me to bring this over. Where's, where's Annie? Where's Annie? Where's Annie? I need both y'all to come over here. And then he, and he got the. You know, Ted, he get that bobblehead anointing. We stood in front of him. He's like, the Lord says, this is going to be your babies. I was like, oh, God. They was ugly babies. I was, they was ugly. They was ugly babies. Remember, he handed them to us, though, up in that apartment. He handed them to us. Now, listen, we, weren't, it, we was already, at that point, we was beyond the happy, happy, joy, joy. But we had to go through the process. You know, sometimes we stop in the process because we don't see any progress. But I'm going to tell you right, listen, as long as you're hanging on to the promises of God and you're believing his word, it doesn't matter what the process looks like. As long as you're hanging on to the word of God, you are making progress. Amen. Because not only has he done something for you, he's doing something for you now. And in the days to come, he will continue to do something for you. He will cause you to progress. He, he is the God who was and the God who is and the God who is to come and you will see him for who he was and at some point you'll see him what he's doing now and in the future you will see where he's taking you amen oh glory to God 
See, right now, right now, I'm, I want to encourage you. Right now, don't allow yourself to feel like you don't want to get your hopes up. Some of you, your hope has arisen in this hour. Some of you, and it's not by anything that you've seen in the natural, but something just tells you that you're about to break forth. You're about, I just feel like something's getting ready to happen. I don't know what it is, Pastor, but something is going on. God's getting ready to do something. Listen, get your hopes up. Amen. Something is getting ready to happen. God is about to deliver you into a new place. Second Corinthians chapter 3. I'm almost done. How many of you received this? You know when Annie finally took a pregnancy test? All I did was hear her shout. We were, we were in the, she was on the third story. We were, we, were in a, we were in the upstairs apartment. We lived in an upstairs apartment, and our apartment was two stories. So it was actually the third story that she was on. But I hear her shout, and then I hear her run down about a half of the stairs, maybe a third, and then just kind of slide down the other two-thirds. I mean, it sounded like I heard an elephant. It was just like... And, and I remember, I'm like, are you okay? I, I, I didn't know what had happened. I'm looking for blood. And, and she's, 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 she's putting something in my hand. Now, you have to understand something. I, I'd never really seen a pregnancy test. And so, you know, I, I, I got it, and I'm like, what is this? And she goes, look at it. I said, I am. What is it? She said, do you see that line in there? You could barely see a line. I mean, it's barely in there. I was like, Ugh. I said, I do. I said, what is it? She goes, that means I'm pregnant. She said, that's a pregnancy test. I said, well, how does it test? She said, I, well, I had to pee on it. I'm like, and you put it in my... <laughs> so, so I was like this. I was like... <laughs> I'm not trying to get... Then I'm not trying to get too close. I was all up on it before. <laughs> But you know, there was shouting in the house that day. There was shouting in the house. You know what? We were shouting louder than we had, than we had started out. All right, look what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says this. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same Im image from one degree of glory to another. See, it's progressive, church. We go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. You know what? You may have been in a, a tough season. You may have been in a difficult season. 
You might be in a difficult season now. But I'm going to tell you right now. He's breaking down the limits and he's tearing down the walls. We're, we're entering a favorable season in the Lord right now. Financially, glory to God. Eric, I claim million flow over you in the name of Jesus. I claim a million flow over Eric and Shelby in the name. You know what? I declare multiplied millions of dollars are going to come into your hands in Jesus' name. That God is going to cause y'all to diversify. God's going to put you in every kind of business imaginable. The roofing, it's not just the roofing business you're going to be in. You're going to be in all kind of businesses. Some of them you're just going to be invested in. Others, you're going to start them, and you're going to, you're going to, be, you're going to be in there working. But, but one day, But one day, the Lord says, the streams of income and, and revenue are going to be so diverse, the Lord says, that when one isn't producing, the others will produce. God says there might be two or three that won't produce, but God says the other will. He says, in fact, the others sometimes will support the other ones. That's how well they'll be doing. But the Lord says you won't be left without a source. For, for the Lord says this, your source will not be man, but your source will be provision from on high. And the Lord says my supernatural provision, he says, will abound the Lord says, even in times when others don't abound, God says, my supernatural provision will cause you to abound. And so I, I agree with you and I declare in the name of Jesus, multiplied millions of dollars into your hands through the, through the different business ventures that God leads you to in Jesus' name. If you want 25 kids, you can have 25 kids and support every one of them. Amen. And, the, and those you can't take care of, you can hire people to take care of in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Thank God. You know what I hear God saying though? I hear the Lord saying this. I hear the Lord saying that right now y'all are in the midst of a, of a spiritual shift. There's a spiritual shift. I hear God saying that he's beginning to reveal things supernaturally by the spirit. Things that... <clears throat> Things that he's going to have you walk out in this season that are going to lead you to that place. The Lord says, don't be discouraged when it don't happen as quickly as you want it to happen. But God says, hang on to my promise. The Lord says, it's the promise I made you from the beginning. The, the, the Lord says this. The Lord says, I promised you from the beginning that I would, I would, I would, I would take you to places that man couldn't take you to and man couldn't drag you out of. The Lord says, the word is still true. God says, I'm going to provide and supply for you, the Lord says, in ways that he says you haven't even discovered yet. But God says, as you begin to discover and walk it out, the Lord says, be patient. He says, hang on to my promises. The, the Lord says this. He says, there'll be a time, he says, where you'll be in my house more than you're out doing, doing any kind of work anywhere. Where, you'll be, where the Lord says, you'll be the first to arrive, you'll be the last to leave. God says, God says things will go on, something having to do with revival, with meetings, and you'll be the first to show up, and you'll be the last one to leave. Amen. And that'll, that'll be your responsibility. It'll be what you 
chose to do because you could do it. Because the Lord opened up and made, the, made it available to you to do it. And God says, you'll commit yourself. He says, uh, now I'm, I'm not trying to get caught up in this. But, I, but I, hear, I, hear, I hear God saying that this is not something you can fathom in your mind. Because the Lord says it doesn't seem like that's even possible. The Lord says with men it's impossible. God says on your own it's impossible. He says others, he says others I've tried to lead them there. They, they haven't wanted to go. In fact, God tells me this. God says, you have never met anyone yet that is, is going to the place, the Lord says, that, I'm, that has gone to the place and been in the place where I'm leading you to. So the Lord says, I can't give you an example in the natural. For the Lord says, there isn't anyone yet in the natural that you've become acquainted with that has gotten to that place. But the Lord says, soon I'll bring one that will be a living example, the Lord says, of where I'm about to take you. And God says, you will see it in them and you'll say, Lord, if you can do it in them, you can do it in me. And God says, and I will do it in you. For God says, that is my desire. That is my heart for you. He says, get ready. God says, that's the place where I'm taking you. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jaramara Sabongele Jigea, Orondrenene Mesia, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From faith, say this with me from faith to faith, and from glory to glory. All right, let me, let me give you this. Uh, I'm going to read you what I wrote down. I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish up the message with this. Progress comes not because of evolution, you're not evolving but because we probe deeper into the potential that was hidden in us by God when we were created. The farther you press into the Lord, the more revelation you get of the potential that he put in you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Boy, I could prophesy over every one of you right now in the name of Jesus. I could, man. Boy, I feel the anointing. Belisifria. So progress comes not because of evolution, but because we, we, we go deeper and probe deeper into the potential that was hidden in us, not hidden from us, it was hidden for us, in us, by God, when we were created. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.11 says this, For what man knows the things of man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. See, some of you, your spirit's been telling off on you, telling you. Lindsay, you're... you're mestafeji. You know, I hear the Holy Ghost telling me that you have lived in a cycle. And it's like you've walked in a circle. And just when you thought you've broken out and things had changed, it seems like things come right back around. But I, but I hear the Lord saying this. He says, that's a, that's, he says, that's the lie of the devil. The Lord says, I've broken the cycle. And the Lord says, even though things seem to be going the same way, the Lord says, things aren't the same. He says, he says this, and things aren't the same, the Lord says, because you've given me a greater measure, a greater measure of your life. This is the way he says it, a greater measure of your life to occupy. And God, and God says this, he says, and it was difficult for you to move out of the places the Lord says that I've moved into. But God says, I'm about to move into new places. And the Lord says, there's about to, there's about to be progress that comes uh, into your life, the Lord says, that breaks you not only out of, uh, of because the cycle's broken, 
not only, not only are you going to be broken out of the cycle, but you're going to be broken out of and away from what appears to be. In other words, uh, I hear the Lord saying this, you're going to be taken to a place that doesn't appear to be what you've been in in the past. Where, where you're going to look at your surroundings and you're going to say, something has changed. I am not in the same place. Something is different. That, that's, not, that's not, I mean, that's happened a little bit, but there's still, there's still things that look familiar. God's about to take you to a place that don't even look familiar to you. And you're not going to be afraid because God, God, tell me, God tells me this. He says, he, says you, he says he's brought you to the place, the Lord says, where you no longer, where you no longer are tied to and chained to those things that made you comfortable in the past. But the Lord says, you've said, I've got to have a change. I've got to have a change. There's got to be something. There's got to be something more. There's got to be something there. The Lord says, there is more. There is different. God says, God says this, you're not going to be treated in the way you've been treated in the past. The Lord says he will not allow it. God says he's elevating you. The Lord says in the eyes of, of men in the eyes of people. God says he's elevating you. The Lord says, you know what he told me to tell you? You're high class. He says, he says, reason you high class is because you in his class. The Lord, the Lord says, I didn't come down to your class. He says, I pulled you up to my class. Oh, <laughs> The Lord says, I, I, live where, I live where you're at. The Lord says, I brought you to live where I'm at. Yes. And so he says, uh, you're about to progress. You're about to be elevated. You're about to graduate to a higher place. The Lord says he's about to bring you into the greatest season of your life. I hear, I hear the Lord saying that out of your, he says, out of your mouth, the Lord says, is going to come the very word of God. And that word, the Lord says, is going to break the stronghold of every evil spirit that has tried to hold you to a place, the Lord says, where he didn't call you to live. God says, time to move out. The Lord says, time to move up in the name of Jesus. Time to move up in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Menesa, Bajara. This, what, what God does in you is going to result in you moving not away from, not away from Oklahoma City, but wherever it is. Don't, don't say that. We want you here. Uh, not out of Oklahoma City, but it's, you are moving out of where you're at geographically. You're, you're not, whatever house you're in, I don't know where you live at, you're not staying there. God's got a, God's got a new place for you. God's got a new place for you. God, God says you're even going to a different part of town. You're going to a different part of town. God says he is moving you. Quite, I mean, literally moving you. And the Lord, the Lord says this. The Lord says, uh, those that haven't believed that I've done something in your life, he says, after I'm done in this season, they will believe. Amen. They will believe. Because they're going to see the goodness of God. Amen. So I lose that to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God's going to give you money to invest. 
the Lord says he's going to put money in your hands and God says you're going to invest in some dreams that you've had, in some visions that God has given you. The Lord says you thought you were going to have to finance the dream. God says you don't have to finance the dream. The Lord says I put the dream in you. I'm going to finance the dream for you. God, God, says, when I put money, God says, when I put that money in your hands, the Lord says, The Lord says, you will not, God says, who you have felt indentured to, you will feel indentured to them no more. God says, you will, you will owe nothing to no man. The only one you will owe anything to is to God. Amen. But, but, but the Lord says, God says he's put the kind of radical faith in you that's necessary, the Lord says, to pull the trigger on this. God says, God says he don't even have to do, uh, God says he doesn't have to do much at this point other than uh, the, uh, uh, hit the trigger on the starter pistol to get you off the off the starting line and to set you on your way. But I, I release that to you in the name of Jesus. I declare this is your season. This is your hour. This is your time. He's bringing you up, up and out in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know what? I'm gonna, I'll tell you something. Brandon and Rachel, even though y'all, even y'all, even though y'all can't see exactly how, because, 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 because when you look at your, when you look at what you're, what you got in life, what you're doing in life, where you're going in life, what you see seems to be very limited in um, opportunities, very limited in what direction you can go. It's not like you have different options and different opportunities and this whole broad, you know, but, but, but God tells me this. He says there are actually no limits on what it is that he can do through you. God, and you know what he tells me? He says he's been developing your faith to step out, the Lord says, out of the boat and onto the water. Amen. The Lord says you've, you've felt like you've been stagnant and watched as everyone else has seemed to come up and come forward and come out. And you thought, Lord, we want to come forward. We want to come out. We want to step up. We want to do more. Lord, we would like to see you come through for us like you've come through. And it's not been a selfish thing. It's just been something you, you've been like, Lord, we're being real here. We, have you seen us? Have you considered us? Have you looked our direction? And the Lord told me to tell you this. He says, I haven't done nothing but look in your direction. God says, my, 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 my gaze has been upon you, the Lord says. You know, the Lord tells me, God says his gaze has been upon you. Uh, uh, God says he has been concentrating on you fully for the last seven years. Amen. And God says in the last seven years, the Lord says he has begun to, uh, he has begun to reveal to you. Amen. Just over a, over a, over that period of time, he's begun to reveal to you the plan. Now, when you look at the plan, sometimes you're like, Lord, that, that don't even seem right. That don't even look like it could happen. And, and there's no, there's no uh, fire or zeal about it because it seems so unlikely and so impossible. And, and y'all have been let down so much in life that instead of, instead of getting your hopes up, you're like, now let's calm down. We need to calm down. We need to be real. You know, let's, let's be... Uh, let's be reasonable. Let's look at this in a reasonable way. But God says reasoning is about to go out the window because the Lord says what I'm about to do in you is going to be totally unreasonable. 
In fact, God, God says this. God says, you've already taken heat for being unreasonably spiritual. For being unreasonably desiring to hear the teaching and the preaching of the word of God. Because you've been unreasonable in some people's eyes in your expectation that God could do something for you that you've never seen him do. By people that you believed were miracle, faith, God-loving, God-serving people that you thought would get behind what it was that you heard, what it was that you were doing. But I, I, hear, the, I hear the Lord saying this. He said, I have set you apart and I have separated you for the work to which I have called you. And the Lord says, the work that I've called you to, he says, you will get it done. You will not fail to achieve it. He, he, said, he says this. He says, uh, he says uh, soon, he says, he'll be telling you to step out and to do things that it doesn't seem like there's a platform for you to do. The Lord says, as you step out of the boat, you're going to find the water's going to carry you. And the Lord says, and then doors are going to swing open before you. And God says, not just one or two opportunities, but the Lord says um, more than, well, I'll just say more than two opportunities are going to avail themselves to you, God says, that are going to, that are going to elevate you and take you uh, to a new place, to, to, a, to a place where new opportunities, where new opportunities, Elefredia Socorro, he says this. He says, things will happen when those opportunities come that are going to try to get you busy with the, doing things that I, he had you doing in the last season. But God told me, he told me to tell you this. He says, I'm taking you out of that season and into a new season. So the Lord, the Lord says this. The Lord says, don't let yourself become one seasonal and get locked into one se- the lord says i'm i'm he the lord says i'm i'm transferring you into a new season and progressing you into a new season and into a new place the lord says this is the season he says where what i what what i have hidden in you begins to spring forth and begins to be revealed the lord says don't be surprised when others are offended at what god reveals in you but the Lord says, guard that which I have placed uh, within you. The Lord says, protect it, he says. Keep watch over it. Steward it, the Lord says. Uh, make sure, God says, that men don't uh, come in and corrupt, the Lord says, what I've placed in you that's incorruptible, that they don't try to pollute and, and uh, intoxicate you with things that aren't the vision that I'm placing in you. But God says, keep the vision clear. Keep it pure, the Lord says. Keep it the way that I show it to you. God says at first, ooh. The, 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 Lord, the Lord says, ooh, you better Sephia. Y'all gonna have to hang out with me for one more minute. Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, the Spirit of God is on me. All of a sudden now, I see Joseph. And the Lord said, now you're not gonna start the process of Joseph. Y'all have already been through a part of the process of you. Y'all have already been through the coat being mangled and tore up and being thrown in a pit. Y'all have already been hauled out of the pit and sold into slavery. Lord says you've been in, the Lord says you've been in, where you've been at is in the prison house. Interpreting, interpreting dreams. (laughs) Revealing that the supernatural is working in you. But your circumstances, your circumstances don't line up with what's working in you. 
What's happening in the natural doesn't line up with what's going on here. The Lord says, I'm about to deliver you out of circumstances that don't appear to be what I showed you in the vision. You know, Joseph, when God showed him that, when God showed him that vision, that vision of the wheat, all he could see was his brothers bowing to him. But that vision had to die because that wasn't God's vision. When that vision died, then he saw the stars and the plants. Remember? The sun. He saw, and he was like, oh, it's not just my brothers, it's my parents. They're going to bow down to me. But that wasn't the vision either. And that vision had to die. When the vision came alive and when the vision was right is when he saw the right vision. See, he, he started out thinking brothers. Then he started out thinking, well, my whole family. But God said this, nations. Nations. An entire nation would come and bow. And that's exactly where God took him. So God, God says this. God says the vision really hadn't changed. But the revelation that you have of the vision, that's, get, that's getting ready to change in a big way. And the Lord says that revelation is going to bring you out of a place that you have felt like has been a place of, listen, y'all are free and you know, y'all know you're free. Y'all know you love God. But there's something in you that says, I, f- I feel constrained. We are not as free as God wants us to be. The Lord says, you're about to get it in the name of Jesus. You're about to get it in the name of Jesus. And, and you know what he tells me? He said, your hope of that began to stir when you came to this fellowship. That the, the, your hope of that began to stir. And as you've spent time here and, and you've heard, there have been times of, there have been times of frustration and discovery, thinking, Lord, what about us? You've watched people pop up all around you like, Lord, what about us? The Lord says, my eyes have been upon you. He says, my attention has never been diverted. He said, I have never taken my gaze off of you. The Lord says, I have watched over you. God says, I have watched over you because God says, I have invested in you. And the Lord says, I'm going to get a return on what I have invested in you. God says, and you're going to get a return on what you have invested in me and in my kingdom. For the Lord says, once you come out, God says, not only will you live in that place of freedom, he says, but your children and your children's children the Lord says it'll be their inheritance and God says it'll be a crown of glory upon their heads and my and my praise and my honor and my glory will go forth as a result of what I do in you and in them in Jesus name amen thank God come on someone lift your hands and shout to the Lord Glory to God. Glory to God. Ere se pele gere gira bara. Tona mara se pere bere sifredia. Hola kele sebe dengle chidriete. Somo rondene maradriche. Ara sobonge le chikete. Torre sobonge le chigiriete. You know, Tabitha, there have been a lot of people looked at you and thought you made mistakes when you was... Because you, there have been a lot of times you... you and, and I'm, I'm, I say Tabitha because I'm more... Derek. <laughs> Poor Derek. He's like, I'm just chop liver here. But now the both of y'all. But there have been times that y'all made decisions 
And the decisions that you made, people were like, are you off your rocker? I mean, God's not schizophrenic, you know? But you, you, kept, you kept, kept seeking, kept looking, kept probing, kept stepping out. And even, even though things, some things that you stepped out to do seemed like they were failing, God has developed in you a faith and an ability to launch out into things, to launch out into, that in the natural don't seem like, uh, it'd, be like, it'd be like me or Ted sitting in a chair we were uncertain could hold us. And I, I put Ted out there with me because I didn't want to be alone. But anyway, <laughs> one time I was, I was sitting in my garage with Tyler. <laughs> I think it was a garage sale or something. Anyway, this chair looked a little, you know, it was a little, it was a little sus. I went ahead and I sat in it slow. It didn't matter that I sat in it slow. It just failed slowly, didn't it, Tyler? I mean, it was just like you could see it happening. And then finally, I'm on my backside on the, on the ground in the garage. <laughs> but even though it seems like things have failed underneath you, like, like stuff has dropped out underneath you when you stepped out on it, the Lord says, really, your faith in him hadn't wavered. Your faith in God has continued strong. The Lord says, the Lord says, don't, don't think it's unusual when he has you step out and, and jump into things that, that in the, in the past, in the, in the past you've been persecuted over. People have told you you were foolish in making that decision. When you picked up, moved on a whim, seemingly in some people's eyes, but you did it because you're following your heart. When you went and you did certain things and you did it seemingly in other people's eyes on a whim you did it because now you didn't you didn't understand what was going to happen but you were willing and you were obedient the lord says because of your willingness on obedience the lord says he's he's taken and he's put his blessing upon you the lord says in the measure that he has but god says there's a greater measure and and the lord the lord says you've been aware of it but he says you're he says you're right to be cautious he says, you're right to be cautious. He says, because you've seen some that got off into foolishness instead of faith. You've seen some that were presumptuous instead of in faith. The Lord says, you're not being presumptuous and you're not being foolish right now in believing that God's going to take you to, uh, to, a, to the next level and to another place. Tabitha, God's going to bless you. God's going to bless you with a business and the business is going to succeed. The business is going to succeed. Yes, amen. You can be a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> Listen, Derek is shouting over here. <laughs> He's going to do it. But, but the, Lord, the Lord says this. He says, he says, rely on and depend upon my wisdom and my guidance. He says this. He says, I'm going to show you my way. And he says, now I'm going to open up the doors. But God says, 
this, this next, this next uh, a journey that he takes you on, the Lord says, is going to be a journey in which you're, you're going to know. It's not going to be something you're going to think. You're going to know that the Spirit of God has spoken, that he's led you in that way. And he says, and the doors are going to fly open. And God says, it's going to be a blessing for you and for your whole family in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Tell vere vrasupangere jigera. Don drone ne masa pangele jedroso, jere do esta pangara jedea, erisepea. And you know, don't even now. I'm, see, I told, I tell my kids this. My kids, uh, my, my my daughter Michael called me one day. She said, Dad, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm built to work for nobody else. I said, Girl, you just figuring that out? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're not built to work for no. I, the way, the way I raised you up, I told you as a kid, you can be anything you want to be, but there's one thing you have to be, and that's the boss. Oh, yeah. I told her that the whole time. She was, I said, you can be a, I said, you can be a firefighter, but you have to own the station. Yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. You can be a doctor, but you have to own the clinic. You can work as a barista, but you ought to own the coffee shop. You can do anything you want to do, but the one thing that you have to be is the boss. Right. Told her and gave that both. Yeah. All their whole life. When they, could, when they were like this, I was saying, you can be anything you want to be, but there's one thing you got to be. She listening. There's one thing you got to be, the boss. You got to be the boss. She's like, okay. See, she, she had no... <laughs> Talisha Sophia had no problem with that with that word. She had no problem with it. I just... So when she said that to me, I was like, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. But you know what? There's a whole nother step of finding out how you, how you do that. Guess what? It's progressive. It's progressive. And you know what it starts with most of the time? Failure what we consider to be failure. Some of you sitting here and you think you're a failure. You're not a failure. You're a work in progress. You're not a failure. You're just going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. You're, you, you only wear your faith. Glory to God. Come on, man. This ought to encourage some of y'all. Yeah, but I'm old. Don't matter whether you're old. Colonel Sanders, 60-some years old when he started Kentucky Fried Chicken. Do you know how many times he started stuff that failed? Over and over and over again. He started businesses that failed. 60 years old, dude gets, dude gets a bunch of, <laughs> gets all these herbs. How many, I can't remember how many herbs and spices he got together. Made Kentucky Fried Chicken. Sold, sold franchise to, sold the Kentucky Fried Chicken to people. In fact, it wasn't even franchise. He just sold Kentucky Fried Chickens to people. It's like, all right, we got this Kentucky Fried Chicken. He said, yeah, but the only place you can get the herbs and spices and the recipe is from me. Millions of dollars. Dude, millions. Do you know he, you know, he attended a, a, a spirit-filled church in Louisville, Kentucky. Bob Rogers was his pastor. Bob Rogers said he'd never forget when Colonel Sanders rolled in there and paid that first tithe. <laughs> Colonel Sanders' first tithe, I think, took, think, took care of the mortgage that they had. 
and, and may have helped build the next building that they built. Amen. Amen. Listen, when God takes you to that place, when God takes you, be faithful. I'm going to tell Eric and all y'all that are, there are many of y'all going to get, listen, how many of y'all volunteer getting that million flow? I'm getting that million flow. Here's, here's the mistake I'm not going to make. I'm not going to quit tithing. I'm not going to be so foolish as to think, well, you know, it's an awful lot of money. No, I'm, listen, I don't care how much it is. It's still a dime out of every dollar. I've had people that were large tithers. God bless them. There's large tithers. They're like, I think this church depends. They, they shouldn't depend on my tithe. They ain't dependent on your tithe. They're depending on the Lord. God just happened to send you around here to help out. Don't be high-minded. Don't think that way. It's the kingdom. Don't be thinking that way. People get high-minded. Don't do that. We had a millionaire, <laughs> multiplied millionaire, big old dude. He weighed probably 450 pounds. Pastor, they, they asked him to come pastor a church. His name was Lynn. Lynn Brown. Had his suits custom made by Omar the tent maker. No, no, this guy, he used to be in the mob. Got born again. Got out of the mob. Owned his own business. Multiplied, multiplied millionaire. Called me up. He talked real funny. He talked like this. Brother Ziggy, we're going to have revival at my church. They just, he just started pastoring this church. Little old church in Troy, Ohio. We're going to have revival at my church. I want you to come preach it. I was like, Lynn, didn't you just get there last week? He says, yeah, but we're ready for revival. He says, I've got a good theme for our revival. I said, we do, you do. I said, what is it? He says, get right or get out. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I was like, that, that sounds interesting. <laughs> he says, yeah, well, there's a lot of people need to get out of here. <laughs> I said, well, Lynn, maybe you ought to give it some time. He says, well, he says, uh, he says, I sorry. He started out first service. He got up and he said, he said, I'm the, they had run the last pastor out of the church people that were paying their tithe, they quit paying their tithe, and so it ran the pastor out. He, he was starving. They just quit paying their tithe, and he left. So Lynn came, and he's not going to be, he paid his tithe. One tithe was enough to take care of all the church bills for the next three years. So he got up his first Sunday. He said, I just want you all to know that I paid my tithes this morning, and he says, uh, um, uh, that's enough for to take care of me, take care of this church for the next uh, four or five years. He said, so uh, get right or get out. He said, I just want you to know I'm not going anywhere. Boy, it's kingdom business there. I know, I know some of you are like, I don't agree with that. You don't know the people that was there. Listen, you got, there's a special kind of evil to run a pastor out by starving him. (laughs) 
But when God, when we, when we get into that flow that God has for us, we're going to be faithful to God. We're going to do what he tells us. Amen. Stand up all over the place. I know I got stuck over here, didn't I? Tabitha, when you got millions and millions of dollars, keep paying your tithe. Keep paying your tithe. Keep giving your offering. Well, did this help anybody here today? Just because you're struggling today doesn't mean God's against you. Amen. Ms. Karen? You got something to say? There's a microphone right there. So, um, <laughs> I feel like every word Pastor um, prophesied this morning over the people, our sisters and brothers, like he said it at the end. You just jump in. I know some feel like you didn't get a personal word, but the Lord, it's for everyone. Yes. And so... He's like, when you identified and it just hit your spirit, that, that was your word. That was yes. the Lord talking to us. And so in the middle of, of the Lord, and I've been praying, Lord, that we will respond by the Holy Ghost. I, I've been, I just, um, I quit. I quit my other job. He's been dealing with me, and I wasn't supposed to take it, but... I quit, you know, because God is my source. And he's talking about that time, and I can't get them times back of fellowship and what he's trying to impart. I got a recipe. I got to walk out with the Lord. He gave me an invention, and, and it's stirring in the hearts of us. And so I'm saying, the Lord says, just do what I'm telling you. He's adding to his church. He's adding and so I quit my second second job. I'm not going under. I'm going over. Going over. And he, I, I said, Lord, I'll do this. And I'm, I'm expecting that you're going to meet me every step, every need be supplied, that nothing go undone, God. I, I declared it this week. And if you would just, what Pastor's saying to us, the Lord is saying, he's going to do it. And I, I did it today. Glory. He's taking us further, church. Yes, amen. And I thank God that he didn't give us what we deserve, but he's given us because he's an inheritor. Hallelujah. Amen. So we praise God for thank inheriting. God. Hallelujah. Thank God. What you're saying today. Thank God. Lord, that you're taking us over. Thank you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, as we step out in faith and all that you have for us. Yes, God. <laughs> These words that were spoken, we take them for ourselves, God. We see us, every word, and we're partnering with you today. We're partnering with the Holy Spirit right now as you're working in our hearts right now. God, I thank you for that word, the word you're spoken to us. The word you spoken to me, the word you spoke to each and every In one the name of us, God. We love you. Thank you, Lord. And we're obeying right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Eric, can I can I tell something about you, Eric? He's like, maybe. <laughs> you know, Eric, um, being say this, say this. We gotta be led by the Spirit. 
Now, how many viewers, when I, when I talked about sensing something, that, like a break, like we're on the verge of a breakthrough. We could, we, we could sense it. Miss Ronnie, you on the verge of a breakthrough. Promotion cometh in the name of Jesus. Miss Rhonda, the Lord said, you have sown, you've sown much. And up to this point, seemed like you brought in little. But the Lord says, the much you have sown is going to be followed by a, uh, a, lar- a large heart. The Lord says, the harvest is going to be large. Yes. I hear, I hear God saying that there have been times you've sacrificed to give to others. And you've gone without. The Lord says there's coming a time when you will not go without. And you'll be able to give to others. And the Lord says it won't even make an impact on what you got in the bank in the name of Jesus. Won't even make it up. You'll be, you'll be writing that check. It'll be like, I don't even have to think about it. It's just write the check and hand it to it. Be like, go get your tires. Go get, you know, go get your gas. Go get, the, go get this. Go get the, Amen. But, but the Lord says this. The Lord says, you're going to have wisdom. God's, not that you don't have wisdom, but God's giving you, God's going to give you wisdom to navigate the waters of the, of the uh, supernatural supply. The Lord says that you tap into in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Anyhow, Eric, um, he was, uh, he's working and, and uh, had a year where, I mean, he was really walking in a, a measure of the blessing. And I think that year he had, uh, he had done over $5 million in sales. Him and his partner together maybe had done $5 million in sales. And that's a good year. Listen, when you've done $5 million in sales, that's a good year. But Eric was sensing something in his heart that was really out there. He's like, I feel like I need to quit my job. I'll be honest with you. I was, I was looking at Eric, and here's what I wanted to say. Don't. Because most of the time when people hear stuff like that, it's usually, you know, pizza. I mean, usually. I don't know why, but usually it is. Not always, but usually. But I, I was talking to Eric, and there was just a witness in my spirit that said, yeah. My head was saying, dude, you're crazy. You just bought a house. You just had a kid. You're pregnant with another kid. You got a wife. You got, you got, you got a lot of stuff out there. Now, I know you made some money probably, but oof, you, you think in the natural. Well, Eric had to think all them things through, but that's what he heard his heart. You know what? He, he quit his job. Now, he works for his father. So he walks into his dad and said, I quit. His dad's like, you don't quit. You don't quit till I tell you you can quit. <laughs> but Eric's like, no, I'm out. I'm not working no more. And then he said, I'm going with Pastor Zig. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you're in a Hispanic home <laughs> working for a Hispanic father, you go and you quit on your dad. You tell him you're going to hang out with the preacher. You're going to take a ribbing. Oh, you're going with, now nah, you're just going to run around with Pastor Zig, right? And I'm sure he took a ribbing. But he did. He came, came to revive. Uncomfortable. 
uncomfortable. We took Eric completely out of his element. He had to stay close to where we were, where I was staying at. I mean, right, right across the room. I think his preference would have been another hotel. You know, certainly not the bed and breakfast that we were staying in. You couldn't even walk into place without the floor feeling like it's going to give way. Then he had to ride in the car with me. Everywhere I went, he was going. I could tell he's like, this is not what I wanted. But after a few weeks, the Spirit of God began to move. And Eric began to get a revelation. He, he, went, he started going from faith to faith. And he started seeing a, a change. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Eric has been through struggles in his life. He's been facing them for a long time. I'm going to tell you this. He's never been where he's at right now. Never. Never. I don't care what the devil tries to say to him or say to anybody else. Devil, you lost. The devil's just a sore loser. Hell lost another one. Amen. But anyhow, so Eric quit that job, his, his job, and he traveled with me for a month, a couple months, three months, and um, hung out at home. But I told him, I said, now, Eric, uh, now, I, I don't know if he remembers this or not, but I said, you know, Eric, the Lord might lead you to, to this may not be forever. The Lord might lead you to do something else. And I think, I think he was open to that. But as far as he was concerned, he was never going back. Because when you do what God tells you to do, you've got to be resolved. You've got to be resolved. And as far as Eric was concerned, this was forever. But early the following year, or maybe midway into the following year, he went back to working for his father. And I know there's some people like, make up your mind. No, you don't understand. When you're led by the Spirit, you do what the Spirit tells you to do. Well, you know what? Things changed. Things in Eric's life had changed. There was a big shifting that took place during that time. Those acts of obedience are extremely important. They might seem radical sometimes. And you really, listen, you've got, to, you've got to be willing to let the Lord lead you. Now, I'm not telling you to get crazy. Eric came to me and he's like, Pastor, this is, you know, he wanted, he wanted advice. He wanted, to, he wanted to bounce it off of someone. He didn't just go and do it without any advice. He's like, he asked me, he's like, what do you think, Pastor? I didn't tell him what I thought. I told him what was in my spirit because what I thought was, dude, you're nuts. Don't do that. That's what I thought. But in my spirit, I was like, I couldn't even believe it when it came out of my mouth. I'm like, I think that's great. I think that's exactly what you need to do. I think the Lord's going to help you. And it's coming out of my own mouth, Andrew. I'm like, what am I saying? But it's coming out of my spirit. My head wasn't saying that for sure. My head was saying something else. But it's time, we've, we've got to be willing to obey the Lord. Some of you, it's going to be like you're stepping out of the boat. Right. Go ahead now. But step out. Amen. Amen. Trust God. Believe God. You know what I'm trusting God for? Uh, you know, we, we, we've been able to pay our mortgage. We, we, have no, we don't have a problem paying bills. But you know what I heard in my spirit? We need to pay off our mortgage in the name Amen. of Jesus. We're paying off that mortgage in Jesus' name. We still owe money on the airplane. We're paying off that airplane in the name of Jesus. We're taking care of it. We're taking care of it in the name of Jesus. Man, I went, I went flying. <clears throat> you know, I, I was, we were supposed to put an interior in that airplane. Remember? I told y'all, we're getting a new interior. Ah. Well, when I went to take it, my fuel pump went out. Couldn't take it. 
had to be postponed. They postponed me till June. In June, I had a, I had a hole. Uh, 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 my exhaust system was leaking. Blow, tried to blow a hole in the side of my airplane. I couldn't take it then. Then I, was, then I started to think, you know what, man? Things aren't really good. I mean, I'm, we, we raised the money to do this interior and everything. People were willing to sew. And now we've had these pro, you know, other problems. We've never had no problems with the airplane. I was like, this is either the devil or we just need to put this off. So I just called the guy. I said, I'm putting this off. He said, well, I, I scheduled you for October the 5th. You know, something jumped up in my spirit. Something jumped up in my spirit. I was like, October the 5th, okay. I didn't tell him no. Man, I flew in that airplane. Me and Annie flew in that airport. Where did we go to? Ohio. We flew up. Man, our butts hurt so bad. Them cushions gave up like a year ago. Them cushions are like, them cushions are used to like 150-pound people. You know what I'm saying? You put a jumbo in there and it's like. Gabe's all in the backseat. He's like, oh dad, oh man. Man, something just rose up in my heart. I was like, bless God, I'm taking this in for the interior in October. Amen. October the 9th, it's going in. We get, and, and here's the thing. We're doing it. We're doing it debt-free. Amen. Amen. Amen, Jesus. Amen. We're going to step out. God's going to supply. Amen. That building, we're going to step out. God's going to supply. Amen. Listen, you step up. How many of you want your mortgage paid off? You, you got a mortgage. In the name of Jesus, we call them paid off. Jesus. Jesus' name. Jesus. Let's get this done. Amen. Let's get this moving. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God. Well, yeah, these words are for you. Take them. Receive them in your heart today. Receive them in your life today. Let the Lord do what it is he wants to do. I know, I know we're talking some about finances, but I really feel like God's trying to break us out in that area. And we're, and we're gonna, I don't know about you, but I'm going to receive it. Amen. Uh, I've been in that place, in this place where we're at right now. The last time I was in a place like this, we had uh, supernaturally in four months, we had six years worth of budget come into our hands. Six years worth of budget just like that in the name of Jesus. And uh, we were able to do all that God told us to do. Didn't have to ask nobody. Just did what God told us to do. Amen. Thank God. All right, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for all that you've said. Thank you for what you've done. Lord, we're so appreciative of all that you're saying to us. Lord, we're progressing, moving forward. Moving forward. Progressive deliverance. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Progressive revelation. Hallelujah. Progressive supernatural blessing. In Jesus' name. We're stepping in and taking it, Lord. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Everybody that believed us said amen. amen. Seth, I love you, buddy. Thank you. Praise God. All right, Hilda, David. <laughs>